Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to the Eurogamer newscast and this week we are of course talking about the massive Microsoft leak of documents that arrived on the internet this morning revealing all sorts of things about Xbox's plans for the next generation, mid-gen consoles, a new controller, unreleased games. We're here to talk about it all. Joining me it's Ed Nightingale. Hello. Liv Nan. Hello. And I'm Tom Phillips. What a morning to wake up to, right? How did you guys first hear about the news? <laughs> um, from you. <laughs> from <my> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to read through all of it yet. So I, I know the bits that I've looked at. Um, but there is so much in this. It is so extensive. It's it's kind of overwhelming, to be honest, that all of this stuff has suddenly come out. Yeah, It's just crazy to see because it's kind of, you never really get to see this sort of internal communication ever as well. Yeah, that's it. There's another side to it. You know, there's all of those announcements or, or unreleased announcements that I just mentioned. And then there's the fact that there is an enormous amount of emails and presentations made for Microsoft's internal use, uh, private emails sent between Microsoft executives. Uh, we'll talk in a bit about the Nintendo uh, acquisition ideas that Phil Spencer had. This is language that Phil and other execs would never talk about in the public domain. You know, they don't want to talk about possibly acquiring Nintendo. But amongst themselves within Microsoft, this is the sort of thing that people talk about, you know, without facing the public. Um, it's extraordinary. I can't think of many other leaks like it in terms of the size of it and how damaging it is to Microsoft's marketing plan for at least the next year. And if you're looking ahead to the fact that it talks about the next generation of consoles, many years to come. Um, let's pick it apart bit by bit. The, um, the most interesting story to me was the mid-gen refreshes because they're the most detailed plans I think that we have in there. And they go into real detail about the hardware that Microsoft is clearly planning to launch um, mid to end of next year, 2024. There's going to be a brand new Xbox Series X, a brand new Xbox Series S, Neither of them seem to be including more power, more processing power, more RAM in the consoles. So the specifications seem to be staying the same. 
Um, Microsoft is instead focusing on more storage space, um, keeping the prices the same, but possibly prom uh, promising a cheaper runtime for you, the end user, because of the lower power that it draws in each case. Um, and the fact that it bundles in a new controller, which we'll also talk about. They, to me, are fairly modest mid-gen refreshes. Um, the, honestly, the biggest surprise to me is that the Xbox Series X redesign is going all digital, so there's going to be no disk drive. And that means that both of their consoles going forward will be digital only. Um, which I think prompts a load of discussions around game ownership, preservation, uh, backwards compatibility. Right now, you know, if you've got your Xbox 360 discs still around, you can still slot them in a Series X and they will still work and they'll be the best version of those games in some cases with um, 4K patches and things like that. You're either going to need to keep your old Xbox Series X or if you've still got it, your Xbox One or Xbox 360 plugged in somewhere to continue to play those games, which isn't the case at present. Um, can I ask when those documents are from for that in particular? Just because the leak is like, there are emails from like 2019, 2018, going up to 2022. So there's a bit of a range in terms of the leak of how long ago some of the discussions were. So is this something that is actually pretty recent and is therefore quite set in stone at this point? So these details come from an internal Xbox document dated from April 2022. Okay. Um, so we have to bear all of this with, a, a, you know, with the caveat that this is up to 18 months old and plans may have changed. At the same time, hardware takes a while to develop and Microsoft will have been planning its strategy for these consoles for a while. And it does, it would be a big change if that was not still the case. Yep. And I, I can't think of any reason why, if that had been what they planned, and that is what they put in the documents, for there to have been a massive sea change since then. But it's a, it's a good point to make. Until they yeah. announce it publicly, we won't know exactly what they're planning. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the digital only thing, I think looking forwards, that makes sense um i think that is the way that the industry is going is that we're going to move to an all digital future and i think the way that microsoft is really pushing game pass just emphasizes that even more that maybe they they want people to subscribe to game pass as opposed to buying physical games and that will force people to do that if if that's the console that they have um but i think you make a good point in terms of back compatibility and looking at the past and preservation that it sort of negates all of that work. Now, will those games ultimately be put on uh, on Xbox digitally so people can still access them? Maybe. Um, but it totally depends on what is put into Game Pass and what that subscription model looks like as to what sort of value that, that discless console is, is getting. Liv, how do you feel um, kind of knowing that there isn't going to be a big boost in... Um, processing power or any boost in processing power for these. Um, if you were someone who already had an Xbox Series X, would you be tempted to buy another one? And if not, does that sort of make this whole conversation about, well, I won't be able to play my back compact games anymore kind of moot? 
because you just you'd already have the console that you had. I think if I already had a Series X, I probably wouldn't be tempted. The 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 drop to digital would be probably the biggest the biggest factor for me because I I'm one of those people that likes physicals. I like collecting them. I like knowing that I have them and that I could you know just pop in the disc and play it whenever I want. So for me, you know, I would be looking at that and saying, well, I personally wouldn't go, go get get the new the refresh but you know i do like down the line talking these conversations about preservation ownership they are things that we'd need to we'd need to talk about here's the question <clears throat> you you said that you you like having the physical copy of a disc when i don't know if that's because you like having it as part of a physical game library putting it on the shelf sort of there to to have to keep do you use physical games when you play on consoles still mostly oh right yeah like my switch my switch library is pretty much all of there i my my switch library is probably like 80 20 and yeah for, for playstation my ps4 my ps4 is all physical oh right that is interesting I sort of, yeah, the Nintendo side of things has always been more physical. And I think if you looked at the sort of split in digital physical sales for Switch, it's always been a stronger thing, physical skew than PlayStation and Xbox more recently. I'm the complete opposite. I cannot tell you the last time I put a disc into my Xbox Series X. I, I don't even know if... I have, I genuinely don't know if I've played a disc-based Xbox Series X game in the, what was it, three years almost since I bought the console because I have Game Pass and I, I download everything because it's, because it's easier. Um, Ed, how about you? Um, for me, it depends a little bit on the console and... I'm also going to blame my job slightly in that I, a bit like Liv, kind of skew more towards physical. Like I've got, I mean, I clearly have a shelf full of crap. Um, and in another room, I have a shelf with all my games that I've collected since I was younger. So I've, I've got all of the, all the boxes lined up from across the PlayStations and, and Nintendo consoles. Um, Switch, I still buy games for. Um, I bought Tears of the Kingdom physical. That was the last thing I bought. PS5. I haven't bought a physical disc since I got it at launch. So Demon Souls was the last one I got. Um, but like I said, I semi blame our job in that for us to play games, usually it tends to be digital. It tends to be code based or we play something on, on game pass. Um, if I'm choosing to buy something, I will probably buy it physically. Yeah, that's fair. So just wrapping up then, these new Intel consoles, um, both of them will be keeping the same price points that the current Xbox X and S hold, which is $500 in America and $300 for the S. Um, the S will launch first back then, planned for around August time, and the X a little later, um, back then planned for around October. 
Both of these will also include a new Xbox controller uh, with a slightly different design and some new bits and pieces in there. Um, Liv, you wrote the story on that this morning. What's new in the controller? So it, it's mostly the same. The big things is going to be the replaceable battery. So you can swap out the battery now if it dies, and re which will be useful. It means you don't have to bin it. You don't have to you know, send it off somewhere to get it switched out. You can just buy a new battery yourself and put it in. Um, they've also tried to be a bit more sustainable with it. They're making it from more recycled materials. But other than that, yeah. You can lift to wake. You, you can, can lift it up, it up to wake it. Crazy. <laughs> what if you're just cleaning and just move it? I know, I, I would worry about <laughs> that. <laughs> I think if your console is off, it won't lift the console. But if like your console's on, um, you know, say you've gone off to make a cup of tea, and the screen goes dark and it sort of goes into... Okay, that makes more sense. Screensaver mode, like how yeah. you call it. Just Is back it... on your point as well, Tom, about um, there not being increased power. Um, I'm sort of relieved by that a little bit, actually, because like I got a PS4 but didn't get a PS4 Pro. And when that came out, I suddenly felt like I was missing out, but I didn't want to have to buy a whole new console. And it's... It's a bit like with an Apple phone where you're thinking, well, do I get the, the next numbered one or do I get the S version? Um, and for me, I thought, well, I'd rather wait for the PS5 rather than go, going for the for the Pro sort of mid-refresh. Uh, mid um, and knowing now that these new ones are coming out, but it's just a revised model and there's, there's not... It, it's a difference mainly in the look of it and the way that they make it. So it's cheaper for them more than it being something extra for me. I feel relieved that actually I don't have to go out and buy a whole new console after three years or four years. Um, so I'm actually fine with that. I feel like there's still a lot more to get out of the current consoles. We don't necessarily need more power. Maybe I'll change my mind in a couple of years, but for now, I'm actually quite relieved about that, to be honest. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, Phil Spencer talked about this with me back at Gamescom when we interviewed him there and of course the topic of mid-gen consoles came up and he made the point that not only is it uh, a good thing for players to not have to keep chasing another slightly incrementally better um, console every couple of years because they're big investments right and you sort of mm -hmm. the whole point of buying a console is you're bought in for the seven year eight year console cycle it's also annoying for developers because it takes away the sudden ease of having that benchmark locked for seven, eight years that they need to hit. And Xbox already has S and it's a different conversation, but we know some of the issues that some developers are starting to have with S and we're only, what, three years into the generation right now and Larian is having to not launch the split screen version of Baldur's Gate 3 uh, on Xbox, at least initially to ensure that the S version of that game can actually run. Um, so what Phil Spencer said to Eurogamer back at Gamescom was that as soon as you start doing mid-gen refreshes, you've got a bunch of issues in front of developers on what platform they target. It starts to feel a bit more like PC. 
and no one wants to pass on more headache to the people who are supporting your console ecosystem with games. So I'm, I, I share your view. I'm not sad that there is not a big hardware bump with this, um, at least not yet. And it doesn't seem to be from Sony's side of things, the thing that they are going to chase either. The leaks so far this year on that unverified, but they're out there suggest that Sony is also just chasing a, a mid-gen refresh with PlayStation 5 where it can get the console costs down for itself manufacturing wise. And it can also offer a full fat PlayStation 5, but without a disc drive um, in a much easier way that's for it to manufacture. The suggestion is that it's going to be detachable and you can buy a hard drive to, to stick onto it. Whether Microsoft does that as well for Xbox, you know, it comes along with a little mini, little mini Blu-ray drive that you can stick in via USB. I don't know. Um, oh, one other detail on the controller was, um, I'm sure you saw this live, but the, uh, the haptics double as speakers. Yeah. What do you for think? Immersion. How does that work? It's for, it's for the immersion, apparently. Is Siri going to start speaking to you from the haptics? <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Um, lots more to talk about. So we heard about some unannounced Bethesda games, uh, including Dishonored 3 and a sequel for Ghostwire Tokyo. Supposedly, again, this is a little outdated, um, but they were being made. They were in development for launch um, next year, as well as a game called Doom Year Zero, which was supposedly out this year. But <clears throat> the caveat is that this is a document from July 2020, so potentially a little bit out of date. But Dishonored 3, I don't know if you, either of you are big Dishonored fans. I the first one. You pump for Dishonored 3? What could they do with a Dishonored 3, do you reckon? I don't know. It would be very interesting because they've... What, what, what they've done so far is they've kind of wrapped up a bit the story with the outsider and everything. And we've seen, you know, we've already had Corvo and Emily. So I think it would be nice to go to a different like place in the in the Dishonored universe, explore a new setting like we did in like we did in two. And it's been a long time since Dishonored One and Two, right? That was um the Xbox three sixty gen. So was that right or the Xbox One? One was three sixty, I think. Yeah, and then two was one was okay. like in twenty ten. Two wow. was twenty No, I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm not gonna guess. There hasn't been one this gen. I'm not gonna anyway. be wrong. I'm gonna be wrong if I guess. <laughs> 2016. I just looked it up, and it was for PS4, Xbox One. Yeah. So they haven't done one this gen so far. I'm very keen to see what they can do. How far you? Plus, can it would kind of be like a. About. It would be like a sort of return to what Arcane is known for. Yes. Especially after Redfall. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, on any other day, that would be a massive, that would be like the story of the day. But today, no, um, we mentioned it earlier, the emails, Phil Spencer talking about acquiring Nintendo. Ed, you wrote the story on that. What, yeah. what really stood out to you with this? Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about acquisitions as part of this big leak. Um, obviously, that's off the back of Zenimath. Um, it's it's off the back of the Activision Blizzard stuff. So there's a whole lot of stuff about um, about acquisitions. And a big chunk of it was about potentially, or at least discussing, acquiring Nintendo, which Phil Spencer described as the, in capitals, prime asset, um, which seems like a bit of a, a reach, to be honest. Um, like I said, this is off the back of loads of other companies um there was a whole section in the leak about 46 different companies that were evaluated as part of you know potential acquisitions obviously not saying they've approached 46 companies it's just this was what they were talking about and discussing it includes the likes of bandai namco capcom konami square enix take two interactive uh ubisoft valve a load of mobile companies so there's a lot of stuff in there um and they throw out nintendo as well um, basically I think they see Nintendo as kind of the Holy grail. Um, but Nintendo is difficult to acquire because it has a lot of money and also is a Japanese company. And that comes up with a load of sort of other things as well, whether they would want to be acquired by an American company. Um, Spencer said that, uh, they are playing the long game in trying to appease Nintendo. Um, how long they'll be playing that game for, I don't know. Um, he seems to think that getting Nintendo would be a career moment for him. Uh, I honestly believe a good move for both companies. It's just taking a long time for Nintendo to see that their future exists off of their own hardware. So it seems like, again, Microsoft are really intent on pushing Game Pass as this subscription model. Um, and maybe they want other companies to see the light and do the same thing and join them. Um, they've obviously worked with Nintendo a bit. Uh, before and after this, um, there were plans back in 2019 to add Xbox Live to the Switch. We had Cuphead that came out on Switch. Um, obviously, earlier this year was the agreement to get Call of Duty on Switch in order to get the Activision Blizzard uh, takeover over the line. Um, and then there's the whole thing of Microsoft trying to buy Nintendo back in like 99 before they even made Xbox. Um, they were looking at buying them out. So there's a there's kind of a long history of this. Um, I think Phil Spencer would be very lucky for it to actually go ahead and happen, but we'll have to see how long he's prepared to wait for that to happen. If you are Nintendo and you're sat in your office today reading that, how do you think you would feel? I'm sure they're laughing. I'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you think you can buy us? Do you think there's an element that they may agree with their, they're finally starting to see that their future is outside of their platform this year more than any other because you've seen such an enormous success with the Mario movie. They're clearly doing more. Um, there was the comments from Nintendo's president really quite recently where they sort of said Nintendo is becoming more of an entertainment company. Is that is that true then? That... Nintendo is evolving to be a company that's less reliant on its own hardware for its bottom line. 
to an extent, in that yes, they've got theme parks and films, and I think Mario as a brand, and like I suppose to make some Pokemon as well, is very much its own thing. I don't think Nintendo will stop making their own hardware, at least not for a long time. I feel like they're they're quite an old school company, and I think they still see a lot of worth in owning the platform that they release their games on. So I can't I can't see them stopping that at any point soon yeah to be clear I, I i agree i think that we will probably see a switch too oh yeah I'll be <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um yeah we could talk about this all day i mean but uh, and there's plenty more angles out there there's discussion of what the next xbox due in 2028 might be the details of course on that are fairly nebulous still at the moment, but even to launch a console in five years, there needs to be a roadmap. And indeed, there was one even uh, a year or so back. Um, we have a story on this too. It lists the decisions that Microsoft has to make around where it wants the console to land, uh, power-wise, and the chips that it wants to include in the console those are sort of the things that start getting nailed down in the next few years and then they start um like actively working towards a dev kit in three years that's out with uh developers in 2027 and then it launches according to this plan towards the end of calendar year 2028 which seems a long time away but that's how long these things take to um take to make yeah i'm not surprised that they're already planning that far ahead but i i guess those things are very much subject to change yeah yeah it it does feel like a long time and for there to be no hardware bump between now and 2028 in terms of power, um, it feels it feels a way away. It feels like the future. And <laughs> um, was there anything else from today's leaks we've not sort of talked about so far that caught your eye, either of you guys? Um. There's there's another email from Phil Spencer, um, which we will have a story on, uh, which is uh, him kind of admitting, this is from, from a couple of years ago, um, and it's him admitting that once Starfield was pushed back, that there was suddenly this huge, huge gap. I think it was about 16 months um, without any first-party exclusives. Um, they are, or at that time, they were hopeful that Redfall would be the next one. Um, but it's it's a very, I mean, obviously this is leaked, but it's still a very candid email from Phil Spencer um, sort of admitting his frustration uh, at, at the situation, blaming it not so much on development, but on planning. And, uh, you know, the team not necessarily planning for this, for this event, uh, not planning for, for slips, um, I think it's Sarah Bond who responds and is saying, you know, yeah, we need to make sure that in future we are, you know, not just saying what's the expected release date, but what's the likelihood of that slipping 
so that they can make amends. Uh, and then talking a lot about, okay, well, what can we do third party wise to fill this gap um, on Game Pass? Uh, and there are a load of other games, uh, including um, games that have since slipped uh, from third parties. Um, I think um, not Gotham. I think Gotham Knights was on there, but what was the other one? Oh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think that's one of them as well. They talk about Mortal Kombat. Um, and there's there's a whole list that I think it's Sarah Bond's team that come up with. And Phil Spencer then replies that Elden Ring would be a good shout, including all of the Souls games. So it seems like they may be tapped up from soft to say, hey, can we get all the Souls games on Game Pass? Which obviously didn't happen. Um, but it's quite well, they got Liza that, P. Indeed. <laughs> um, so it's quite interesting that you know, he was kind of looking at, at that level of game, thinking, okay, well, what's successful at the moment, which clearly at that time was Elden Ring, can we get it on Game Pass? And it seems that they couldn't because it's still not there. Yeah. And even then, even if it was, I don't know if that would still make up for the fact that there really has been very little this year. And I think that's felt actually in practice worse than even Microsoft expected because Redfall disappeared and didn't make any impression at all. Minecraft Legends, Microsoft has said that they're happy with it and it's doing okay on Game Pass, but it doesn't feel like it's had a, a, a big impact. Um, the last big first-party game before Starfield that I think created a real buzz was, was Hi-Fi Rush, right? And mm -hmm. that's a relatively small game not a game that you would buy a console for. Yeah, it's great, but it's not a system seller. Yeah, it's just interesting to see Phil talking quite openly and honestly, well, in, in a private email, but in language that obviously he would not talk publicly um, about what the company should be doing to uh, improve the situation. Liv, how about you? Is there anything more from the league that we've not talked about? No, I was going to bring up the that gap as well. It was just eye-opening, I guess, to see Phil Spencer, you know, talking about these things in in ways that we don't ever get to hear. How do you think? Because obviously. We've contacted Microsoft comment on all of this and uh, they will be responding at some point. I'm sure they can't just ignore it. How, if you're on Nintendo, if you're, if you're on Nintendo, if you're Microsoft, if you're Phil Spencer, how do you acknowledge the leak? Liv, any thoughts? <laughs> do you put up the little everything's fine gif? Yeah. Phil Spencer drink a cup of tea while they're Todd Howard just going, it just works. <laughs> I think you've, you've got to treat it with you've got to treat it with some kind of humor, right? Because it's it's extremely unfortunate, and it takes away all of the wind from their marketing sales next year. Their carefully planned window to announce a console and then uh, a controller and then the two consoles, but it's done now. I mean, I, I guess there's an, to an extent they can say, look, some of this is old emails, plans have changed, just to try and give themselves a bit of leeway. Um, and 
yeah, especially with all the acquisition stuff, you know, a lot of that is interesting but old. Um, I guess, yeah, it's tricky with future plans, but how much will that change? As we said earlier, if it was only a year ago, then it's likely relatively set in stone and there's not a huge amount they can do about that at this point. Unless they now just put out a release date for us. Say, so next summer, just to beat Switch 2. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Who well, knows? Switch 2 is out there by then. Well, it might be, yeah. Who can say? Oh, who knows? Maybe Switch 2 will actually be owned by Xbox. Owned by Microsoft. Who knows? They've done a secret deal. Who, who knows? <laughs> who can say? Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're out of time. Thanks to you both for that. Um, stick with us on Eurogamer as we uncover more of Microsoft's leaked details and presumably Microsoft issue some kind of response. We'll speak to you all again soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now. Thanks all. Bye-bye.